We all make choices about alcohol. Kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Bye-bye. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Yeah, have fun. Hey, Em. Remind me about that party again. And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations, and they want honest answers in everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. Would you like to work closer to home, save money on gas, and be rewarded for your hard work and attendance? Then Belicio Foods is looking for you. That's right, Belicio Foods is now hiring for multiple positions and shifts with great employee benefits, an on-site health clinic, competitive wages, and advancement opportunities. Belicio Foods is a company that truly values their employees. Apply online at BelicioFoods.com careers. At all, all the other employees at the Jackson hey, County uh, Health quick Department. Thing, my bad. Apparently, the audio wasn't up there. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, oh that's all right. Okay. Well, we'll start over. No sure, problem. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> welcome everybody to the morning show. And um, Dylan, you got all the buttons pushed right now. Yep. Okay. Dylan's right. good now. Okay. Well, see, this is what happens when he gets a few days off work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he, he forgets to push buttons. So, we all. all right. So, okay. we have some girls here with us. So, let's start over and introduce ourselves. So I'm Debbie, and I'm a community health worker for the Gallia County. Okay. <laughs> I know. I should, should have just said Gallia County, not for the Gallia the County. The Gallia County. <laughs> yeah. Is that like the Ohio State? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we have Debbie. And my name's Sasha Johnson. I'm the director of community health for the Jackson County Health Department. Um, I supervise the community health workers for our search program. Uh-huh. SEARCH stands for Southeastern <laughs> Appalachian Regional Community Health, um, and that program covers 11 southeastern Ohio counties, um, and I could name them all for you, but I'm not going to bore you. So. Okay, and it, it's the longest name in history, but that's okay. <laughs> SEARCH is much easier. Yes, it is much easier. Um, yeah, and that program was uh, basically a collaboration between the health department here in Jackson and okay. Ohio University. Okay, very good. So, Debbie, um, what is your um, affiliation as you said you're from Gallia County? Yes. Yeah, so, as Sasha said, we do cover 11 um, southeastern Appalachian counties. Okay. And each of the counties has at least one community health worker. So, you're the Gallia County one. Okay, right. now, now we're making yes. sense yep. here. So, yep. okay, I gotcha. And then you kind of oversee the whole thing out of the Jackson County yep. uh, Health Department office. Yep. Okay, very, very good. All right, so Southeast Appalachian Regional Community Health of Ohio. So what are we doing? <laughs> what are we focusing on? So um, our program is funded by the CDC. It's called um, COVID-19 Response and Resilient Communities. That's the grant name. Um, and our goal is to build resiliency in our communities against um things like COVID-19 or any future, you know, uh, God forbid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're basically just trying to, um, support our communities and help them find the resources that they need. Um, we have three target populations. Those are people with chronic illnesses, people with substance use disorder and older Americans. Okay. 
And then your focus is obviously on the counties in which, uh, in Appalachia, in yes. southeastern Ohio. Very, very good. So um, what does a community health care worker do? Well, there is a very technical definition, but <laughs> in terms that we can understand, my definition is yes. we work with clients to help them identify the needs and then help them or connect them with the resources in the community to okay. support them. Okay. So I always like to say, and you know, even when we have our friends in from Holzer or whatever, it's like, you're kind of like the concierge that helps direct people in the right direction, gets them where they need to go. Yep. Correct. And that makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. So you could, um, you know, you you mentioned three groups of folks. Mm -hmm. You know, people could fit within Multiple, either all yes. of those groups or none of those, you know, one yeah. of those groups or two. So that would be a little bit challenging as well. Yeah, it's definitely a very big, you know, category it's a broad. of broad, yeah. Um, and we wanted it that way. We want to help as many people as we can. And um, according to many of the community health assessments in these counties, those are the groups of people that need the most help. Um, okay. So that's kind of where, where that came from. Um, and, you know, a community health worker, the most important thing about a community health worker is that they belong to the community that they're serving. So this is someone sure. that lives where you live, um, they experience life the way you experience it. So they're more. Cause that could be challenging for someone from the big city to understand. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? yeah. So we try to make sure that, um, you know, we're very involved. I, Debbie's very involved in Gallia County activities. All of our community health workers are involved in their communities. Um, they're networking, they're doing all the educational events and, uh, community events to, to make sure that they're seen and sure. um, a part of their community. You know, and, and the more that you're seen out and about, I th you know, people can have that personal contact with you and like get to know you and trust you. Because right. uh, I can see where, you know, if you're battling any of the things that you mentioned, not battling, I guess is a bad word, but especially substance abuse or something like that, you're going to have to trust the person that you go to, yeah. to talk to, make sure that they can, I would think that you can trust them that, that they aren't going to, you know, turn you in or, you know, say all oh, and judge and all of that stuff. So that's probably our main focus is to yeah. cool build trust in our communities. Um, you know, a lot of people are intimidated by um, healthcare workers yes. or uh, public health in general. You know, so we want to kind of reduce the stigma of all those mm -hmm. populations. Um, that makes total yeah. sense. And did so all of this kind of maybe was was uh, thrust forward from maybe the COVID nineteen. Yeah, that's where our funding came from, but that's not our sure. sole purpose. We've, um, I don't know, some of the other CDC programs that are doing this really have a large focus on COVID. And we wanted to kind of, I don't know, get away from that because there's so many other things impacting our area um, that do make COVID worse, you know. So, but we want to address those root causes. Um, okay. You know. If you are using drugs or alcohol and um, you have a substance use disorder and you get COVID, it's going to be a lot worse for you than it would be for someone who's generally healthy. Right. So that's the idea behind it is that we're, we're kind of addressing those um, primary health concerns. Makes total yeah. sense. All right. Love that. Okay. So let's get in a little bit to the the health concerns that you all are addressing because there's quite a bit. Yeah. Debbie is um, really tackled some of our false prevention programs. We do a lot of evidence-based training. So we train our community health workers to do like a variety of activities um, that are evidence-based. So I'll let Debbie talk about those. Yeah. Great. So I am certified along with other community health workers in two programs, the okay. first uh, fall prevention programs. The first that I got certified in is Stepping On, and a colleague and I have um, held sessions in Pike County and Ross County. Okay. And Stepping On has been proven to reduce the risk of falling by 31%. Really? Mm-hmm. And... You know, I you mentioned our, our older generation, and you know how many people have you heard that oh they they were perfectly fine, they fell, they broke a hip or or something, and then that was that was it. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. they never come back from it. Deteriorates a yeah. lot from from a fall. So okay, so fall prevention. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that. That's okay. exciting. Yeah. The other and you said how many how much percentage that you for stepping on it's uh, reduces the risk of fall by thirty one percent. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that program has both strength and balance exercises. So we find okay. that older adults that are very active, you know, I walk every day or I do silver sneakers. I don't need fall prevention. Uh-huh. But I think the addition of balance exercises, which isn't something we normally do, Correct. is very beneficial to people. Okay. Because you exercise your balance the same as you do, you know, like your muscles and whatever. Right. It, mm-hmm. it, it, um, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. The more you practice, the better you'll be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it now. Helps- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It just helps people gain confidence. Yeah. Um, we have found that some people become more active. They aren't as isolated in their homes. Maybe they and feel more comfortable. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. A little yeah. bit more confidence. Mm-hmm. What? Um, so are these classes that you all have that you offer? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. There are seven sessions. And okay. after those sessions and for stepping on, we have six different um, guest experts that come in and talk about their specific area. So we have either an occupational therapist or physical therapist comes three times and they introduce the exercises and help modify them to the needs. You know, some people need to advance the exercises. Some of them can't quite do them at the beginning. So they modify it. So everyone has access to the exercises. Gotcha. We also have a uh, pharmacist come in to talk about medication. We have um, an eye specialist come in to talk about eyesight and those are the ones I remember. <laughs> okay, no, that's yeah. really good because yeah. all of that would affect your balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. We also have another program called A Matter of Balance and it also is a fall prevention program and I have some statistics from the National Council on Aging if you would like. Uh, we would love that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so A Matter of Balance decreases the total annual med- medical costs by $938. It reduces hospital, excuse me, hospitalization costs by five hundred seventeen dollars. A matter of balance reduces facility costs by two hundred thirty-seven dollars and reduces home health costs by one hundred eighty-one dollars per participant. I don't know. You might want to get James on that one. Yeah. Was yeah. That See a if lot? you can run him down. No, we can keep going. Uh, okay. Said the camera is a little hot, so. We'll just keep on, we'll keep on trucking if that's okay with you. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we have taught a matter of balance um, in Bainbridge at the Bainbridge Senior Center. And we have some upcoming matter of balance classes. Okay. We, I find my notes on that one. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to... Because I assume you have these classes um, in different locations, right? Yes, we okay. do. Um, cool. We find that senior cit- senior citizen centers are often willing to host be a location. Now that makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They're there anyway. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's party. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we have sessions at Bristol Village in Waverly that are starting in uh, December. Okay. And we have sessions in, at Bainbridge that will start in March of 2023. Okay. Very good. Now, how would people find out about these um, these classes? Mm-hmm. Um, in, at Bainbridge, they put out flyers and um, we have a contact and she, if we don't have a lot of attendance, can will share with us some phone numbers and we can call people directly in case they have questions about the program and encourage them to join us. Okay. Um, we also, um, we're trying to get sessions for Jackson and we offered a session like a dip your toes in. This is yeah, what we like do. a little preview session. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Waverly, we are at Bristol Village and we're fortunate that they publish it and put it on their like they have a TV channel in house. Oh, okay, so great. Their residents can find out about it that way as well. Ooh, that's so smart. Mm-hmm. And this is something we would offer to any of our eleven counties. Um, so if there are, you know, nursing homes or senior centers or uh, YMCA's that would want to hold classes like this, mm-hmm. they could just contact us and we could set up 
classes. Oh, that's so nice. Yep. And we work a lot with the AAA-7 yes. in our area. Okay, what's um, that? It is the Area Agency on Aging. Okay, okay. And um, District 7, which encompasses Jackson and uh, sure. most of our other counties. Um, so they help a lot with a matter of balance. Correct. Classes. Yeah. They did our, um, the master trainer um, trained all of us. Uh, and okay. They trained the trainer. They the tra- trained the trainer. Trained yeah. the trainer. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I was lucky enough to actually teach a class with the uh, master trainer because they needed an extra person. So, yeah. I'll volunteer to learn from the best, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. After I volunteered, I had to think about that. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. What did I just do? (laughs) No, that's so good. If you learn from the best, that's fantastic. Very, very good. Okay. So the fall prevention programs, that mm-hmm. seems definitely like a, a major, uh, mm-hmm. major asset of something that you all are doing. I noticed that there was um, some eye screening um, that you met, that was mentioned here. I thought that was really cool because I think that's like one of those things that people don't want to pay for. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also here's the deal. Like you don't know you can't see until you can see. Right. Right. Which is so bizarre. <laughs> So, yeah, we yeah. work with Prevent Blindness Ohio to do those eye screenings, and um, they've been wonderful training our community health workers um, to screen other individuals for, um, you know, their vision. And we also have access to their um, services as far as, like, paying for exams and for eyeglasses. And um, that even applies to someone who may be on Medicare and has met their limit for eyeglasses for the year. Okay, um, and then say they broke their their glasses. They could come to us, which and, happens all the time. You know, <laughs> but they could come to us and still get another pair. So that's pretty cool. That is very very cool. Yep. And here's the thing, man. You know, again, if you can't see properly, you know, it affects everything mm-hmm. in your yeah, life. Every aspect. Of your every life. aspect. Yeah, driving, all of that. Mm-hmm. So cool. That's really neat. Okay, and how does somebody get um, signed up through that? Or- um, they would just need to contact one of their, their local community health worker. Um, our flyers advertise like personal numbers for each of our community. Oh, health okay. And they could also just call the Jackson County health department and, um, you know, get, get linked up with their community health worker. Okay. So you just go to your kind of your local person and, and again, you'll be the concierge yep, that sends yes. them in the right direction. Yep. Okay. Makes total sense. What are some of the other things that you all are working on? I mean, there's like a a huge list. (laughs) I mean, it's 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 basically everything. (laughs) Yeah, any need that you might have. Anything you don't do, maybe we should discover discuss that. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, Well, we do a lot of screenings. We talked about the eye screenings already. Um, We have uh, diabetes screening. Oh, okay. And we have a couple of people certified to do HIV testing. Okay. And. Is HIV still a thing? Like, you know, you, you heard about it years ago, but you haven't heard about it uh, much recently. It is. It's um, kind of in our most southeastern point of Ohio. I think we struggle with it there the most. Is it um, um, kind of drug related, I would have to think? It can be drug re- okay, yeah. related, yeah. Okay. We do, um, all of our community health workers are lay distributors for naloxone as well. So you've heard of Project Dawn, um, they distribute Narcan. Our community health workers um, have access to that program, too, through Harm Reduction Ohio. Okay. And could you just go ahead and explain that for, the, for those of us that are ignorant and don't know what yeah. you're talking about? So, <laughs> so naloxone is an opioid um, reversal drug. Um, it blocks opioid receptors in the brain from recognizing that there's uh, an opioid present in the bloodstream. Um, and it prevents overdoses. So it's a temporary, um, solution to an overdose. Okay. Um, but it's, it's like a first response, um, to, if you witness one, anyone can carry naloxone. It's a safe, um, prescription drug. Um, if you're not overdosing, it's not going to hurt you. Um, okay. So it's, it's very safe for everyone to carry. Um, they can't, you know, cause anyone any harm by using it if it's not 
necessary, but it will prevent someone from dying in an overdose situation. Okay, got you. Now, how is that administered? Because um, I've heard of different There are different ways, ways. Um, for it to be administered. The most common is um, nasally. It's like a nasal spray. And so you would just oh. write up the nostril and, um, you know, it's like Flonase. Um, okay. And it can also be administered uh, intramuscularly. Muscularly. We got it. Like in the thigh or, you know, in the arm or whatever. Um, And I think there's another way too. You can do it like intravenously. The hospital will do it that way, but that's not. Okay. Um, Yeah. Anybody carrying that stuff around is probably not (laughs) going to do that. Uh, Up the nose it goes. Yeah, Yeah. Up the nose. Um, So that is actually a thing where you can go to the health department and, and get yeah so this and carry it in your purse or whatever mm-hmm. in case you happen to see somebody that... Yep, all of our mm-hmm. community health workers have it. And also the Jackson County Health Department has a great um, integrated naloxone program. Um, so that's a grant offered through the Ohio Department of Health to um, many different organizations, but a lot of local health departments take advantage of it. Okay. Um, and they receive money from the state to... Uh, by naloxone and also to fund the position of a coordinator. Um, so we distribute it through our local health department um, and you can get it mail order through our website or you can just walk oh. in and get it too. Okay. Now I have heard, I don't mean to focus on this, but these are a couple questions that, that I have. I have heard a few people say, I don't want to carry that stuff because I don't want to be liable for you know, hurting someone or not saving them or giving them something when they weren't overdosing and it was another situation. You know, what do you say to that? In Ohio, we have what's called a Good Samaritan law, which protects anyone that's administering first aid like that, including naloxone. So um, no matter what you do, if you're if you're doing something that's that you perceive trying to save someone, right, okay. then you're protected. Um, oh, nothing okay. can blow back on you. It's the same as if you were to like administer CPR. If you get CPR certified um, and you administer CPR to someone, um, you can't, you know, there's no uh, negative repercussions if you like broke their rib because you okay. were administering a life You're doing the best you can, technique. man. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, so that's, that's the law that protects you. Um, I would advise anyone to carry naloxone. And we even um, promote it to the older Americans that we see. Because a lot of them are on prescription drugs. Um, and, you know, if you couple prescription opiates with dementia or Alzheimer's. I see. Okay. You could very easily overdose, you know. Sure. And so it's really, really something that needs to be on hand for you if you're on any kind of narcotic. You know, and it seems so simple. Yeah. You know, like, why not? Yeah. But, you know, and then you hear the other argument of, well, they're overdosed and so they deserve what they get situation. And I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Our hope is that we want to reduce the stigma. Yeah. I'm sure that I just struck a, yeah, struck a string with you guys on that because I'm no, sure you hear, hear that a lot. We hear it a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's our goal to just, um, I, I save people's lives, you know. We don't want anybody to die. And, um Every time that you might administer naloxone, that could be the time that they wake up and say, wow, this is like not okay. And mm-hmm. hopefully reach out to someone like Debbie or myself or our other community health workers. Yes, yeah, like I've hit rock bottom. Yeah, mm-hmm. to access those resources that we have available to them. So it's our duty as healthcare professionals, but it's also something that I think all of our community health workers have in their heart. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, so... And that's good. I would hope so, because if not, then you're probably in the wrong profession. (laughs) (laughs) It's the rest of us out here that you need to get to, right? Um, Okay, so no, those were just a couple of questions I had about that, because I think that it scares people maybe to have that and and feel as if they would be held liable or Mm -hmm. something. It's a scary situation. We've got a a lot of work to do as far as, um, you know, educating on all three of our target populations and yeah. reducing the stigma of, of all of those things. I mean, every day I think we all experience ageism too. So that's another stigma mm-hmm. that we're trying to fight against. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You're too old. Yeah. You're never too old. You know, age doesn't define your level of activity or the things that you can do or the fun that you can have. Um, 
There's my spiel on that one. No, I think that's <laughs> fantastic. I I love that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, that's really good. All right. So what are some of the other, um, I mean, there's like, again, these ladies do everything. So, <laughs> um, A couple more of the evidence-based programs that many of our CHWs, community health workers, are certified okay. for. Um, so a lot of suicide prevention um, oh. programs. The one most of us are um, familiar with is called QPR, which is question- persuade and refer. Okay. Which essentially, if, if you think that somebody may be considering suicide, it is okay to ask, are you considering suicide? Are you considering ending your life? And do you have a plan? It's not going to put an idea in somebody's head to okay. choose to end their life. But if people say yes, then we know to refer them to get help, persuade them to get help, and then can refer them to the appropriate type of help. I gotcha. Yeah. And um, that's more prevalent, I think, than, than what people think. And um, mm -hmm. the, the suicide rates, I think COVID certainly didn't help. No, it did not. It did not matters. mental health in general, I think, yeah. especially in our area where people are already more prone to um, mental health issues. You know, and who? what group do you think was affected the most by that? I would say that all of our target populations were, but especially um, isolated older adults. So um, those who are stuck in their home or maybe, you know, have a chronic illness where they're in a wheelchair, um, they were not getting out. They were protecting sure. themselves from getting sick, especially if you've already got an underlying health condition. Right. Um, and so that cut people off from their families, from their friends, from even their healthcare providers. We moved to like doing virtual health mm -hmm. visits. You're right. And that's just not the same as having someone. That social interaction. Yeah. yeah. Even someone just putting a hand on your shoulder right. or something. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, it's just really we sad. All need, we all need We that. need a hug, yeah. you know? <laughs> we do. We all need a hug occasionally. And I thought about that. And I think that's why it's so important. Um, this is my, um, this is my soapbox to, um, and in Jackson, we did um, support the the senior levy, but you know that's all that some of these people have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure they're okay. Yeah, for sure. And we do have a lot of delay in getting access to mental health providers. Mm -hmm. So one of the programs that we also have is called Friendship Bench, which is kind of like light counseling. So if okay, you, if you know you feel like oh my gosh, I just need to talk to somebody. It's literally a bench. You go and you talk to somebody who is trained. On a park bench. Yeah. Or, you know. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. That's such a good um, idea. Yeah. Very similar to like yes. peer support. Yes. It gives community health workers an opportunity to like really connect to the person that they're, you know, informally counseling um, to share, you know, stories of their lives or whatever. Um, yeah really meet, meeting people that where they are is you know? wonderful yes. and you just think sometimes maybe somebody just needs a vent for a minute right yeah <laughs> <laughs> <We all>. <laughs> <laughs> right right and sometimes and I feel like this too like um especially like people that uh, you know even like parents that they're you know they're obviously having to be support for maybe their parents or their children and all of that and it's like who do I yeah. Who do you turn to? Who do I yeah. vent to? Yes. Yeah. You know, situations. So that would be nice. Sometimes it's nice to have an unbiased uh, mm -hmm. bystander. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So meeting on a bench. I love that. That's <laughs> yep. such a good idea. Yeah. And that would be something that you would do or one of the... That is would be our Athens County community health worker. Okay. Very, very good. And Athens is beautiful. So you can yes. go around. Yeah, it is. I hang out. Yeah. Um, and many of us are also going for um, mental health first aider certification. Oh, and that's okay. a little bit different from the QPR in that it is a way to implement a strategy to first recognize signs of a mental health challenge and then being able to approach the person and having the confidence to talk to them. And, you know, maybe hearing, oh, there's nothing wrong, leave me alone, but still be willing to 
continue to push a little bit to help that person realize, oh, Ooh. I might need a little, little help. I might need to talk to someone and help get them the service they need. Man, that's a yeah. sticky situation, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yeah. We practice it a lot is. of like motivational interviewing mm-hmm. techniques and uh, just trying to be uh, as trustworthy as possible. Yeah. We don't want to, like, put anyone in a a weird situation or make them feel bad about anything that's going on. So, um, yeah, words matter, and we're very careful about the words that we use and how we use them. Very good. I love that. Keep going. She's got a list. I know. (laughs) She does have a list. I'm, like, trying to read it a little bit. It's a long list. (laughs) Some of the evidence-based programs that we are like on the waiting list for, for training. Um, Tai Chi, which benefits the older adults in several categories. Okay. (laughs) What Uh, is that? Like like martial arts kind of thing or? It's kind of like a low-key martial arts. Is that the one with the, where they do the, like, slow slow movements? Okay, yeah, love that. Which is why it's good for older adults. Yeah. And it also helps to decrease the risk of fall, falling. (laughs) Um, It also leads to a healthier cardiovascular system. Okay. Improved sleep, increased immunity. Oh, this is a good one, especially for older Americans, chronic pain reduction mm-hmm. helps treat diabetes, and of course, there's a social interaction aspect. Of, of it. course, it's just yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so we have it's relaxing. Many yeah. people looking into that because um, okay. it's being offered. And again, in our Athens area, as soon as we can f- secure an indoor facility, she's going to offer free yoga and meditation because she is certified. She is a certified yoga instructor, our mm-hmm. Athens County community health worker. So oh, great. that's great. Yeah. Um, and we're hoping that she can get some, uh, you know, evidence-based programming training so that she can um, help specifically with things like chronic illnesses or chronic pain. Okay. Um, and also mental health, you know, yoga practices for all those things. I was going to yeah. say, if there's one thing in the world that, that, um, can help all of those ailments is yoga. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never right. done it, it is amazing. Yeah. You feel so good afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So if you haven't been able to tell, we focus a lot on training. <laughs> we train no, that's good because, we, I mean, then you can trust that you can go to these ladies and be yeah. like, I, uh, And if help. one of them doesn't know, um, this is a network. So, yes. I mean, we've got 10 uh, community health workers right now, uh, up to like 14 is our max uh, capacity of community health workers working in this region. Okay. Um, but if one of, if your local community health worker uh, doesn't provide a certain program that you're looking for or doesn't have the information that you're looking for, they can contact any of the other mm-hmm. um, community health workers in our network really easily and get that information for you and even get them to you. Okay. Um, so. Very good. And and again, what's the easiest way to find that, that person? Uh, we do have a Facebook page, uh, Southeastern Appalachian Regional Community Health. Okay. And um, on there, you can contact that page. It'll go to me um, and I can connect you with your local community health worker, depending on which county you live in. Um, Or we have a flyer that's available on that Facebook page that has all of the phone numbers listed for each county. So you can contact your community health worker directly. That is awesome. So you guys are making it as easy as possible. Trying to. (laughs) Love that. Love that. Okay. Um, So where do you see some of the, um, the intertwining of the three categories in which you, um, said, uh, currently right now, our Pike County community health worker is, um, really involved in homeless outreach. Okay. So we see a lot of multiple of those categories in the homeless population. So, um, they what? might, Go ahead. They just might be experiencing um, all three even. It could sure. be an older adult who's maybe a veteran who has a chronic illness um, and, you know, is homeless and maybe has some substance use issues. Um, that's very common, I think. I think so. And I think that it's kind of like the chicken or the egg um, and yeah. the egg or the egg. Which came first. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, you know, what would you... 
I know it's not an easy um, category to fit everything into, but what would you say as far as like um, is the main uh, culprit of the homelessness at this point? That's a tricky question. Yeah. (laughs) There are myriad reasons why someone might be homeless. Uh, A a big driver, I think, is um, mental health issues, uh, including substance use disorder. Um, And the homelessness and mental health issues seem to be really high in the veteran population. 100%. That was kind of where I was hoping you would go with that situation. Yeah, sorry, it took me a minute. No, no, I I just, I, um, so there's an area, we have a place in Columbus and there's an area close to it. And I noticed that there was a population of, you know, homeless there. And so instead of getting mad about it or like, you know, whatever, I started paying attention Mm -hmm. and I started realizing that most of, I, I feel like most of the humans are, there's, there's a mental health issue. And I came home one day and I was telling my mom about it. I was like, they have nowhere to go. Like they're, they're stuck in this, like, they don't fit anywhere. And it it makes me so sad. And Mm -hmm. when you're already Mm -hmm. struggling with like knowing your own mind, it makes it that much more difficult. Someone who um, is completely healthy, who finds himself homeless, has the mental ability to find the resources that are out there to connect to someone. Correct. But if you're experiencing, you know, some kind of depression or anxiety or PTSD, one hundred percent PTSD, I think, and um, you fell, fell through the cracks somehow. Yeah. Then one starts the next, and you get into the drug issues and then you become then, then the illness yes and, you know yeah all, all those things and then you're you are just so far removed from your own mind that it might be difficult to um even trust somebody enough to reach out to them and say hey sure. I, I don't want to be homeless anymore um so yeah that's what that's what our we've got two community health workers right now in pike county Good. that have um done homeless outreach at least once a week for the past several weeks and they have told me that in the past you know one or two times yep. that they've gone they're getting recognized by name people are saying hello to them like oh i'm Good. so glad to see you and that's the beginnings of i've made a connection with this person and now i can really help them mm-hmm. now they trust me you know mm-hmm. i can say hey this is this is what you need to do and i'm going to help you mm-hmm. and they're going to trust you to do that so you know, and I love that because it's like, you know, I don't think any of us wake up in the morning and decide to be homeless. No. So I don't understand why everybody is so nasty uh, about it. Yeah. Um, Puts tears in your eyes a little bit. It does. <laughs> absolutely. Because it's like nobody chooses this. And it's a lot of the times it's through no fault of, of their own yeah. that this is the situation in which they're in. Um, so just have a little empathy, I guess, before you start judging um, is I guess my soap, another soapbox yeah. that, that I get on. Cause Just a empathy. yeah, uh, well, the a world needs a lot of empathy, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. um, <laughs> if we can all start with a little bit, yeah. you know, yep. Just take that five seconds and think about what's happening before you, yeah, before and, you start judging and be thankful for the things that you do have. Cause, um, you know, just any, any of us could find ourselves in that situation, yes. given the right circumstances. Absolutely. So um, it's almost Thanksgiving. So take a minute to be thankful for what you do have. Um, Love that. And have a little em- empathy for the people who don't have what you have. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, you know, do-gooding is a good thing. So yeah. if, you're, if you're feeling like do-gooding, do it. Do it year-round, but do it especially right now. It's cold out there. Yeah. Okay. Didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but I just, I wanted to, I don't know, in my opinion, make people aware that, you know, most people don't decide to be homeless. Right. Like, I mean, I would think 100% of people aren't like, I think I'm going to go be homeless today. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like a fantastic idea. And given some, like, time and support, most of the time – if you're helping them uh, see a way out of it, they'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> at first you might not. At first you might be scared to, you know, um, involve yourself with maybe like Metro Housing or, or some yeah. government agency. But um, finding a person you trust makes the biggest difference. That's right. And that's where you guys come yep. in. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's very rewarding, I'm sure. So that was um, Pike County. We also had in Scioto County, RCHW partnered with the local high school, the Honor Society. Mm-hmm. And okay. And they collected tents and camping equipment, sleeping bags for, you know, you can't always get people to go for, for the yeah. government housing. But at least, you know, now they're protected from the elements. Okay. So, that's a start. Yeah. 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 Reducing a little bit of, you know, the, of the, the hardship. Yeah, and I feel like, so, you know, there, if there's nowhere to for them to go, they need to. We need to at least make it the easiest way possible. Right. Yeah, right. So, okay, very good. All right, keep on going, sister. <laughs> what do you got um, on here? She's got all kinds so of we stuff. Have, I do have a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, like I'm looking at this. We haven't even touched half of the stuff that you guys do. I know one of the questions is. How, where do you find the CHWs? How do you get in touch with them? Yes. Some of the counties, people have been partnering with the food pantries, like we'll help, help pass out food. And okay. we'll have one that helps, you know, with the food situation and then have another CHW with a table there that you can, you know, you see us there. Yeah. Over and over again. You know we're going to be there the, the next week okay. and the week after that. So that helps to build the trust so that then we can start talking with people, mm-hmm. identifying their needs, and getting them the help that they need. So we partner with food pantries. Sometimes we um, are able to set up at the library, just set up a table. Oh, says, great. Here's your CHW. And okay. we do have, um, every month we have a disease of the month yeah, that we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> So we are just uh, promoting a specific, like, right, uh, February is Heart Healthy Month. Yes. December okay. is flu. Right. So that makes flu sense. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about this flu for a minute <laughs> yeah. that, that everybody has. If you, if you haven't gotten it yet, consider yourself fortunate, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, we promote vaccines. Yes. <laughs> Childhood vaccines, Thanks. flu vaccines, pneumonia vaccines for the older adult population. Um, COVID vaccines. Yes, COVID vaccines. Okay. All of those available at your local health department. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I ask you one question that's kind of off? It's on the subject, but off the subject. Yeah. Um, there is a new COVID vaccine booster. And while you guys are here, and, and you guys would probably be good folks to talk about that, you don't hear anything about it. It's really annoying to me. Um, yeah. I mean, we hear about it all the time. <laughs> we do. <laughs> well, I'm sure. But like, you know, before it was all over the news. You get get your vaccine, get your booster, you know, do this, do that. They're telling you what to do. And now all of a sudden there's this new uh, booster out that kind of covers a lot of these strains of COVID and nobody knows about it. So there was a big shift from um, COVID being a very new type of illness uh, coronaviruses aren't new, but this strain of coronavirus was, it kind was of brand new. Cake. Yeah. 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 So, and we weren't sure how it was going to act. So there was a lot of like fear based reaction. I think people sure. um, in the public health community were afraid that this was like really going to take us all out. I mean, you know is this going to wipe out our population? Yeah, we like- didn't know. So, um, that was kind of that, that push at the beginning. Uh, and we moved from, this being such a new virus to it basically being what's called endemic. It's an endemic virus now, uh, which means that you're not going to be able to trace it. So there was all this contact tracing going on. We were trying to find where the virus originated and cut it off. That's why the contact tracing okay. happened. Yeah, that didn't work. No, it didn't work. So, <laughs> so now At we, all. <laughs> so like the, the viruses that we know about flu and a cold um, are considered endemic viruses, which means you can't really stop the spread of it. So it's what just, goes from pandemic to endemic? Um, it's the number, please don't quote me because I'm not a nurse and I'm not an epidemiologist. We'll get Mikey in here to talk Mikey about that. Mikey is stuff. the one to talk about this. <laughs> so, uh, but I, from what I understand, uh, and it just, um, it's the number of people who've, who've been infected. By okay. It. So, um, you know, it's, it's just spread so far and wide that we're not going to be able to cut it off anywhere. It's not going away. Uh, so we've moved to the, the vaccine prevention side of it. And so COVID has turned into the flu. Another thing uh, like a flu where we get a booster and it's, yeah, you it's, hope that, that it helps. It's going to be similar to that, you know, um, not that it's COVID not going and flu away or are, are the similar viruses cause they're not, but, um, we're not curing it. 
eventually we would start treating it more like the flu. Okay. Um, and that you would get some kind of regular vaccine, um, like we're doing with the boosters. Um, the new booster is a bivalent. Boosters. Yeah. Back to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so which that means it has two strains of the COVID in it. So we vaccines are, um, you know, just one strain or they're bivalent with two or trivalent with three. And we do that with the flu oh. vaccine also. Um, generally, your flu vaccine covers three strains of flu, I think. It's a trivalent vaccine. Oh, okay. And uh, there's an option for older adults um, above 65, I think to um, get a quadrivalent flu vaccine also, which covers four strains. Okay. And um, yeah, basically every year, the best and brightest epidemiologists and scientists figure out uh, what strains of flu they think will be most active. Yep. Um, sometimes they get it. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. Sometimes <laughs> they get it. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. So back to the bivalent, who, the, the COVID uh, booster, I guess you would call at this mm-hmm. point, um, who gets, who should get that? Oh, I'm really putting you on the spot, but who's eligible for that, I guess? <laughs> I'm not sure what the current recommendations okay. are for the bivalent vaccine. I think that you are able to get it as long as you haven't had COVID in the last three months. Okay. And it has to have been at least five months since your last booster. Okay. Um, but you don't start with that one, right? Like no, if you, you haven't had any... If you haven't had any, you need to tell somebody and say, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm just starting here first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because yep. again, I'm, and I'm, I'm not meaning to put you on the spot. I'm just asking because it's so <laughs> confusing for all of us out here. James and I have had this discussion like for a month, like, do we go get it? Do we not? Are we eligible? Like, should, are we supposed to go get it? Like, yeah. where do we get it? I would go ahead and go get it if you can. Um, and the best thing to do is to call your local health department. Okay. And ask them. Um, you can contact anybody pretty much in their nursing departments. Uh, most of the front staff would be able to answer questions like that as far as, you know, who's eligible. Um, okay. So yeah, contact your health department. Don't take my word. Uh, no, and again, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Okay. (laughs) I'm doing the best I can to try to give you accurate answers, but, um, yeah, definitely contact your local health department. Okay. Very good. And, and that's the thing, you know, ask, ask your, ask your doctor, ask your primary care physician, um, ask your community health workers, ask your community <laughs> health workers, they will find the information for you. Yeah. And if you don't know, you'll find out. Yes. Correct. And you have the access to do that. Yep. Okay. So I took that off on a tangent, but I wanted to make people aware that that exists. Yeah. It's still an issue. It's going to be an issue. Um, we just have to, you know, keep moving on. Keep washing our hands. Keep covering our mouths when we sneeze and cough. Yeah. And keep doing the things that we were supposed to do from the yeah, get go that we never that, that we never did. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. RS. It's like RSV. Like RSV is mm-hmm. going around right now. I feel like huge. And like people just wash your hands and yeah, cover your mouth and keep your babies home. <laughs> yeah, and so here's another soapbox. I'm going to get okay. on for a moment. Um, this is my opinion, not anyone else's. Um, you know, even if babies are at a Thanksgiving, you know, get together or whatever, just kind of, I don't know, keep your hands off of them and keep your mouth off of them. We yeah. all want to hug babies yeah, and we yeah. all want to hold them and kiss on them and love them so much. <laughs> but maybe this is not the best time this to be is doing that. not the time to be doing it. I don't know if there is a time to be um, doing that. You know, it's... And you I want wouldn't to. like touch Debbie without her permission. <laughs> right. So I'm not going to grab somebody's baby either. As cute as they are, as lovable, you know, know. my niece or nephew, I, I know. <laughs> protect them by not touching them. Yeah. Or kissing them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind if you're at a big family gathering that um, just a little distance yeah. is still not a bad thing. <laughs> Definitely not a bad thing. That way we can all continue to have gatherings. Yes. Which is great. Okay. All right. Back on your subject again. (laughs) (laughs) As we digressed a lot. Um, Oh, well, we've talked a little bit about this, but many of us do the harm reduction programs in collaboration with our local health departments. And what harm reduction means is uh, safe syringe programs where I'm very familiar with Gallia County. If, um, someone has syringes, used syringes, needles. To, okay. They can bring them in and 
they're deposited in a safe, a safe, space. safe space, and they can we we can give them up to thirty clean syringes, new syringes to use. Okay, so here's another one. Okay. What do you say to the people <laughs> that are out there saying, well, they're just promoting drug use that way, giving people needles? Are you kidding me? We do hear we that do a lot. Hear that. Yeah. Um, do you want me to take this You're one? best at that, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we hear that a lot. Um, and we don't – just I will be up front. We don't promote drug use. That's what mm-hmm. we're out here doing is trying to um, help people who already are using drugs – um, to reduce the harm that they're doing to themselves. So we do this, like Debbie said, through syringe exchange programs, through naloxone distribution, mm-hmm. um, through a lot of other different ways we reduce harm. Um, but the syringe exchange programs specifically, um, I think Gallia County is a one-to-one exchange. Jackson County is a one-to-one exchange. If you bring five needles and you only get five clean ones to walk out with, um, and we do this because it reduces healthcare costs, and it reduces sure. healthcare costs by lowering rates of disease. So, and and why would that be? Uh, like, drug users tend to share needles. Yes, and um, because there just aren't, they don't have access to clean ones. Mm-hmm. Else, they would use clean ones. Um, but th- the short supply that they might have. They're sharing them, um, and they're contracting bloodborne illnesses such as Hep C or HIV. Yes. Um, so, giving providing clean needles takes dirty needles off the street. Um, in almost all studies, it has shown a reduction in like um, syringes laying on the ground. Um, some studies have even shown that people who use drugs and who exchange needles will pick up needles that they find on the ground and take them into the makes sense here i I need one yeah yeah so um and it doesn't put any more syringes on the street because of the one-to-one exchange yeah um and like debbie said they only provide up to 30 so if you bring in 50 we're taking all 50 but you only get 30 back okay so it even in some cases reduces um the number of syringes that are out in the open um and it also provides people with that the thing that we've been talking about this whole time, that sense of trust. I can go sure. in here. These people aren't going to tattle on me. Right. Um, they care about me. Uh, in Jackson County, they're receiving way more services than just the syringe part of it. Okay. Um, they see a nurse practitioner, uh, Kim Hughes. Uh, she's our n- nurse practitioner at the health department. Mm-hmm. So they can see her for anything really. Yep. Um, they get to talk to, you know, our nurses uh, we have treatment providers available there to talk to them. So it's really our way of building trust in that community and saying we genuinely want to help you get out of this place that you're in. So if that means that we have to, um, you know, give them some clean syringes, we're going to do that. Correct. Because we Are you all getting this, the, like... It's There's a method to the madness. There's a method to the madness. It's yeah. not just... We're not just out here, you know, putting... Um, syringes in the hands of people who never use drugs. Right. right. Uh, we're not encouraging it. Like, no, here, no, take no. this and try it. We like, would never. No, no, <laughs> so, no, not at all. We're just, um, yeah, we're just trying to reduce some harm and, and hopefully uh, through reducing harm in, in that whole population, we're getting, um, you know, if you get one individual to um, go into treatment after you've talked to them, yep. that's a win. I mean, yep. that's huge. So that's what we're trying to do. Okay. Good for you. And I guess that's why I've heard that so much on the street. Like, I cannot believe the health department gives people needles. I'm like, well, y'all aren't getting the full, like you're understanding the big picture here. Yeah. The big picture is we're trying to prevent, they're going to do it anyway. And we're going to prevent, trying to prevent. You should, I, I don't have the numbers with me, but I would encourage people to look into how much it costs to treat someone with hepatitis C or HIV. Um, and we know that most people who are using drugs are either on Medicaid or they don't have insurance at all. So these are costs that taxpayers are already paying. We're paying for right. uh, the repercussions of those actions through treatments for hep C that are charitable um, and through Medicaid and Medicare. Um, so 
I don't know. It just keeping one person from getting Hep yep. C saves like I don't know half a million dollars in taxpayer money or something like Plus that. Plus, they're not spreading it to somebody else. Plus they're not spreading who, it to somebody else. Here we go. Yeah. Like it's it's a, an ongoing uh, thing. Yeah. Lots of um, savings as far as healthcare costs go. Lots of savings as far as disease goes. Yeah. I mean, if someone gets out of, um, you know, drug use, it's hard to reenter society maybe if you've got one of those chronic conditions. or um, Correct. Mm-hmm. So if we can prevent it from ever happening. And yes. They, and then they do access the resources um, that are provided to them and they live a healthy life after that so that's that's the goal is that everyone lives a pretty healthy life generally healthy life where we can all be happy (laughs) can't we all just get along and love each other (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and be and be as healthy as we possibly can there's enough stuff out there to get you you don't need to do it to yourself right right (laughs) right okay well very good um what else i know you've got more (laughs) Look at her go. <laughs> you want to talk um, about our upcoming events? Debbie, we're going to say you're full of it. <laughs> Lovely. Yes. <laughs> In all the right ways. Yes. Um, well, our upcoming events, um, February is um, some of our counties are collaborating to hold an adult prom. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> so that'll be, I think, off. Athens Hawking area. Um, okay. They're going to be doing an adult prom, maybe include Venton. Right. right. Um, so that will be super fun. It's Heart Health Month, so we're trying to promote healthy hearts. Okay. Um, and, you know, we thought what better way than right. to have, you know, a prom. Everybody can dance. <laughs> we can and dance. Get a little exercise. Yeah. And, Boogie uh, down. Yeah. So many many of our counties are doing other events, too. Mm-hmm. Um some of them are just doing uh, heart healthy walks, um, things like that. Yeah, so. I think there's going to be a mini health fair in Scioto County. Okay, so definitely yeah. look for all that information. Mm-hmm. It'll be upcoming. Um, planning is still happening yes. in all of our counties. Yeah. So, yeah. but that'll be a fun, fun February. That will be. Yeah. Absolutely. And here's the thing. You can participate in the turkey trot this coming uh, Thursday morning at the YMCA before you go and eat too much. There you go. (laughs) It's great. It's win-win. Well, very good. Um, So is there anything else? We have like two minutes left. Is there anything else that you girls would like to tell our viewers? Um. We do have a couple open positions right now. (laughs) What? Yeah. So So if you're um, looking for a job, if you're looking for a job, we are hiring for a community health worker in Perry County, in Meigs County, in Gallia County, and Lawrence County. Okay. So all of those. And what would be the criteria for that? Um, You have to have a high school diploma. And then we, um, everybody that we hire goes through a community health worker training process. So that's provided through Ohio University, um, and it's on our time. So you get paid for um, okay. the education portion. And then following that, it's, um, I think, 100 hours of classroom learning that's usually done virtually. Um, and then 130 hours of field experience, which okay. you would do on the job. Um, and then you apply to the Ohio State Board of Nursing to um, become certified as a community health worker. But you don't have to be a nurse, per se, ahead no. of time, like nope. a registered a nurse or anything. Diploma, that's all you need. Oh, okay, because um, you're getting trained on the job. Yep. And that's the whole point. Yep. Like, get trained on the job to do what the job is that you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I think that was Great. a big goal of um, the CDC when they released <clears throat> this funding was they just wanted to, in general, train more community health workers to be available Love that. everywhere. So. Um, we focus a lot on the training. You know, we focus a lot on our clients, too, and community outreach. But we really want to um, train the individuals that we hire for this position. It's a it's a short-term grant. It only runs through 2024. So we really want to give everybody that we hire um, some knowledge and some experience and some training to carry with them. Okay. Um, you know, when the grant's over. Okay. Very good. Well, girls, thank you so much for spending your morning with us. This has been yeah, so fun. You. And come on, cheers from the peanut gallery. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Yay! They did it. <laughs>
thank you for having us. Oh no, thank you so much. It's been our pleasure, and um, we hope that that uh, y'all have a happy and and healthy and safe Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So tomorrow we are going to have a few guests from the Drama Club. Okay, so we're going to be talking with them. This should be fun. It'll be very dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, then we'll be uh, out of here on Thursday. So uh, until then, have a great day, and thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you right back here tomorrow with some drama. (laughs) Bye-bye. This just in. The Telegram News has a new website. TheTelegramNews.com Same dedicated coverage. Same trustworthy news with a brand new look. Covering Jackson and Benton County and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, TheTelegramNews.com has its finger on the pulse of the community. Stay up to date on local events, high school sports, and breaking news. TheTelegramNews.com Subscribe today at TheTelegramNews.com Check it out.